Hey guys, my name is Michael Assert, and I'm here to inspire you to go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profits. Welcome to the Go Big to Get Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host Steve Arneson and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. All right, today's guest is Micah Lassert. Micah is the co-founder of one of the top-rated online fitness brands, Hitch Fit, and also co-founded the Super Fun Rock Body Retreats. He is a muscle model world champion, Ironman Fitness Magazine cover model, TV personality, author, motivational speaker, and I can confirm this man is fit and built to be on camera. His passion for the past 25 years of his life has been helping transform his clients' bodies to where they've lost over 600,000 pounds accumulatively, and they've done it through over 81 different countries. But his proudest moments have not come from the fitness industry. It comes from his initiatives in giving back in Haiti. Uh, He and his wife have sponsored a school of over 80 children monthly for over 10 years And he goes deep into sharing that in this episode and is so inspirational. Micah's motto in life is flex and smile. And his fun personality mixed with his big muscles makes his tagline perfect for him. Especially when you guys go and check out his calf muscles. We'll talk a little bit about that in the intro, but it is pretty funny. So you're going to love the energy that he brings to this episode. It's such an easy conversation. And I'm really excited to introduce you to Micah Lasserp. All right, I'm excited to welcome today's guest, and he is the self-proclaimed king of calves, Micah Lassard. Thank you so much for being here, man. Man, so blessed to be here, guys. Uh, we were just laughing coming on, um, talking about your calf muscles. I mean, there's no better way to start a podcast than talking about another man's calf muscles. I mean, I won't go too far on this, but you know, in the fitness industry, it's like one of those like most neglected muscle groups if you weren't born with them. And so you see those Johnny Bravo guys that are big up top and then tiny little calves. It's because they neglect them. And so I built this Instagram page just really as a joke and also as a trial for just marketing and see, you know, what I could build it up to. And then like one year, I built it over 70,000 followers, literally teaching techniques and flexing calves and all sorts of workouts and whatnot of building a uh, bigger calves for guys that are neglecting them, essentially. <laughs> I, I will put it in the show notes, but I, I recommend checking it out, guys. There's, there's some good calf muscles on there. It's, uh, yeah, it's Mr. Hitchmid. And what's wild is about uh, five weeks ago, uh, seven weeks ago now, I tore my calf when I was in Costa Rica, a really bad grade three. And I went through this crazy, I, I documented everything of all my recovery. And um, one of the first videos I posted of the calf tear got over 30 million views in like two weeks. It was insane. And so, yeah, yeah. So now it's like recovering the calf to get the calf back to be king of calves again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a good intro because that's one of the bullet points I had to uh, to talk with you about. So we'll just start in that direction is obviously you've spent so much time 
building this fitness, incredible fitness brand and, and had a lot of success. Congratulations on that. Um, but one of the things that I saw was that you did have this post go absolutely viral on sharing this calf muscle that looks like one of my calf muscles compared to king of calf muscles. And um, it, it went viral. But I got to imagine that's got to be a huge blow to just like your personal mind of you've worked so hard. And then to see the two pictures, it's astonishing. You're like, whoa, what is going on there? So how are you handling the the bounce back from it, the challenge that's come with it as someone who's just strived so hard to build that to then have it blow up essentially and not be able to, uh, to, you know, be able to flex your calf muscle again. Yeah. I, you know, that, that's a, that's a great, great question overall. So, you know, a lot of my livelihood in my day to day is involves working out. Um, I really thoroughly enjoy calves because it's something I was not born with big calves. I had skinny crabs growing up and then, and then building them up to that point. But my whole body was skinny too. I'm just kind of on Instagram. I'm focusing on one muscle group for the most part, but I was, I was a really skinny guy growing up. And so, um, you know, when something is taken away like that, I've learned, you know, over the course of 26 years living this lifestyle, my choices aren't taken away even though I don't have the ability and that that calf itself is an excruciating pain, I figure out how to do things still around it. Like that didn't neglect me from putting the right foods and drinks in my mouth every single day. I was still waking up at three in the morning and starting my training. Um, I just started building recovery in it as well. You know, I'd gone to a doctor. The doc was like, dude, there's no way you're going to get this healed in 21 days to go back on the story. I had tore it while I was in Costa Rica, 21 days from that point, we were supposed to do our retreat in Mexico for rock body. And I needed to have the ability to have some sort of fitness level and at least be able to walk on sand. This was the most excruciating injury I've ever had. Anyone that has had a grade two or three tear outside of an Achilles. But the thing with the Achilles is you're going to go straight to surgery. So I, I opted not to do surgery. But the pain was like level nine, 10. And I put myself through pain all the time, but it was just like, and I'm frustrated too. Cause I'm like, man, I can't move like I, I need to. But what I did is I wake up in the morning, I put compression on and, and I'd start with, with recumbent bike, just finding things that I could do that it wasn't a lot of impact on the calf. And I worked around it, man. And we still got it to a goal. And just two days ago, um, I was, I was at the gym and I, I started doing box jumps again. So I'm doing high impact on it already 58 days later. That is so, insane. yeah, I mean, you just, you just go, a lot of people focus on waiting for motivation or the time to be perfect. The focus needs to be on being disciplined. Once discipline is in place, you literally, you, you show up even on the days you don't feel like it. And man, I did not feel like it. It was hurting. My mental state wasn't right. But I had to show up for my other people and I had to show up for myself. And and so I locked in and made it happen. Perfect uh, segue into where I was hoping would go. It's obviously like that um, ability to bounce back and not let it affect you and keep pushing forward and not call it, you know, a loss or a failure, but just saying, hey, I need to find other ways to work around it is is got to be a huge testament to how you've built Hitch Fit brand, right? Yeah. You guys have done some incredible stuff with that with a gym and an online training platform and everything you've built there. Walk us through a little bit of the growth of that company, some of the challenges you faced along the way, like maybe, you know, the similar scenarios where you've had to just fight through it 
and just grind to get past it and then the success that you guys are at now yeah so uh, th- you guys may get a laugh at this I'm, I'm not for sure where your age group is or what your viewership age group is but i built hitch fit essentially myself and my wife off of this platform called myspace if any of you guys remember that one <laughs> We always get the same response when I say that. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, you had your top eight friends and you had music and the whole layout for the younger crowd. They're going to be like, what's what? dial up again? Like, yeah, exactly. But what I'll tell you is, is like MySpace had no algorithms. There was nothing blocking you. And so I was able to use social media marketing to really grow this business very quickly. And I was one of the pioneers in that space. And so um, how it all came about is I was... I had transformed my body from, you know, 1997 up to about 2001 into getting into that top level space. Sorry, I got cats here. Mm -hmm. Um, And long story short, I tell you what, like I went from getting into the best shape of my life to then focusing my whole uh, day to day on helping others transform their bodies and lives as well. And so I was transforming lives. I was starting to learn this social media marketing by posting before and after pictures and whatnot. And this girl from Canada reaches out and she says, man, I wish I could work with you. And this is where the light bulb came on in 2006. And I was like, well, why couldn't I work with you? And I literally made like a really generic plan comparative to what we have today. And she lost 30 pounds in like 12 weeks or something. And, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have something here. I couldn't find it anywhere else in the world. Like no one else was doing it. That's that's OG fitness. Yes. 101 online there. That's how it happened, man. And we got in so early where, you know, from a Google standpoint and SEO and understanding tags and all of that to like, dude, we were number one in the world for many years and we're still 14 years later, you know, top 10 every, every single year. You know, in that space, we built it to 81 countries and over 600,000 pounds since that point. And then we started the business in 09, but I started online training in 06. And then um, we started the brick and mortar that same year in 09, and I replicated the online to brick and mortar. So I was like, we're going to have these transformation gyms, and here's how we're going to do it. And and we went in and we literally did everything opposite of what the regular gyms do. We didn't want to retain clients. We wanted to transform clients. So people were only with us 12 to 16 weeks. And business owners are like, dude, this is a stupid model. And I go, no, it's not because I'm going to transform people. Our success is going to be all over these walls and all over the internet. And we're going to be able to build it to something just absolutely massive. And dude, I mean, you know, 14 years later, it's just been unbelievable. I love that. That is, that is so cool. I love hearing the the emerging trend stories, and and it sounds like you've been on the emerging trend of a few things. We were just joking again before of of your you know have a little bit of a TV personality where you're on a little bit of the emerging trends on the TV side of a the transformations, but also just on reality TV of getting some exposure on you know how to leverage TV to actually maybe build a bit of a, a brand or a following before it was really even a huge thing. So is that always been something on your mind? And, 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 and obviously you can touch on the TV personality thing if you want, but just you're, you know, you're so out on the cutting edge of a lot of uh, social media or awareness in the presence of, of the growth of it. 
Yeah. So I, um, I always joke, um, I, I got a, I got a bachelor's degree in marketing. I loved marketing. I loved being able to create something and then see how people reacted to it. So I love that, but I really got a PhD in like body transformation. Cause I spent probably like 150% more time learning bodybuilding in college than I did marketing. <laughs> and, and so I was just obsessed with it and it had changed my life. I was feeling so good. I was helping so many of my friends. I was like, dude, I got, I got to do this. Um, but I tell you what, like when it comes to, you know, um, how everything evolved, I graduate college, get a real job. The job sucked. I wanted to transform people's lives. I quit the job that I was making good money, ended up becoming a personal trainer at a YMCA, making 15 bucks an hour. And a guy at the gym was like, dude, you need to be a fitness model. And I was like, I'm in Kansas city. There's no uh, fitness is very, very, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we love barbecue. We love Kansas City Chiefs. And so, you know, it was one of those situations where I was like, what, what is that? And he goes like the dudes on covers of magazines and stuff, man, you can do infomercials and magazines. So man, the next morning I was like, I'm going to be a fitness model. And, and, and it's like hilarious even looking back at it. And I went to like two of the agencies locally. One of them picked me up like with just some, like some snapshots, you know, with the terrible cameras back then. And, uh, and, and fast forward about two years from there, I got a casting call for a show in 04 called, uh, Manhunt with, uh, Carmen Electra was the host. It was kind of like America's next top model for men. And, uh, and, and essentially that show ended up giving me the platform and the relationship with the producer to then get me an opportunity to shoot for my first cover of a fitness magazine. That shoot landed me in the cover of a magazine in 05. And then from there. I shot uh, 10 or 12 covers and over 150 magazines internal and I had built. So I was using the industry to help build and facilitate um, not only my my personal growth, but also when HitchFit came to play, we had all the success and all these eyes that that we could just open HitchFit and then it, it really kind of exploded from day one. Hmm. Micah, your, uh, your motto is flex and smile and yeah. you have... You have such like an attractive energy, like people I'm sure just probably just like drawn to like, you just seem like a really happy, genuine person. And yeah. like, of course we're doing this by zoom and by podcast kind of thing. Like, but I'm attracted to you in that same type of way. I can't speak to the flex aspect because I'm like, I'm 170 pounds soaking wet, but people know me for my smile. I'm always yeah. smiling all the time. And so I'd love you to share a little bit about like how the smile aspect on things and like approaching situations with that, like the attitude that you have in business really helps you continue to like create new opportunities and, and, you know, go big aspect. Man, I love this question because I don't get it very often. And a lot of people don't know the meaning, the true meaning behind flex and smile. So I'll, I'll touch on the smile part real quick. So, um, the smile part is, is when I was growing up, the first half of my life was really brutal. We went through a lot of hardships we, had, we went through a lot of, of, of difficulties. And I recall waking up many times when I was younger with, with, with not a smile on my face. And to be where I'm at now, every single day for me is like an opportunity and a blessing. Mm. Okay. And so I know also from a psychological standpoint, what a smile does to a complete stranger. Whether that be at the grocery store or whatnot. And so I use that a lot because sometimes people will see just, 
muscles. And if I'm in a focused mode, it can be an intimidating. And so I always try to lead with a smile and it gives me an opportunity to plant seeds into people, whether that be, you know, motivate them to be better in their lives or, or, or their faith or whatever it may be. And so I use the smile for that. The flexing. What's that? Just for anybody for context here who can't see the actual zoom, uh, Micah is basically Bruce Banner about to turn green. <laughs> I've spent, there's been like millions of reps over the last 26 years and a lot of, a lot of chicken breast. Um, but yeah, I appreciate that, man. But the flexing side of it comes into play, not because of a vanity thing of, of flexing muscle. It doesn't matter if you're skinny or overweight or you're fit, what it comes down to is like, we've all gone through uh trauma in our life or we've all gone through setbacks um, and whatnot. So the flex to me is us overcoming that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and growing forward in a way. So when I say flex and smile, that's what that really means. And, and, and in our own self growth. That's incredible. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, me included, uh, you know, with the change in times through the economic status on things, um, people go through harder times and I think businesses are evolving and changing and people like resist change and, um, you know, I've come to accept anyways, and starting to believe in like the most amount of our growth comes in those more challenging times. What do you say to those people who might be sitting there being like, shit, what's next? Oh man. Okay. So I used to probably handle storms and setbacks, um, like a majority of people do until as my faith got stronger, I started realizing that storms were an opportunity for self-growth. Now, I don't want storm after storm after storm after storm. That's hard to a- actually grow in. You know, it's it's hard to grow in the storm. But when you come out of that storm and 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 you get to that place, then then a lot of times the growth happens. So I always look at storms or craziness that happens in our lives now as opportunities for for something that is bigger. Um, and whether that be me being able to give back to somebody in a way that maybe I couldn't before, um, or, or an opportunity to, 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 you know, my main pillars in my life to, to grow in at least one of those. Um, and so like storms, I'll tell anyone about storms, like embrace them, put your head down like a bison or a buffalo would and go straight through the storm. You know, because if you sit in that storm too long, like it's depression, it's anxiety, it's frowns, it's you're not flexing there. There's a lot of stuff there that, I mean, it eats you up, man. And, and, and COVID really, you know, that it brought a lot of darkness to a lot of people. Um, but I would, I would just say like, man, we're out of that storm and, and progress forward. I mean, go, go get whatever you want in life. Go big. That Buffalo mentality. That's absolutely it, man. Um, Oh, we could, there's so much, there's so much to dive in, uh, into with you. And, uh, one of the things that, um, excited me was, was talking about these retreats that you've been running, you know, obviously you're, you're big into fitness and, and some people might be intimidated by a fitness retreat of sorts. And it seems like you guys have really found like, uh, again, being a little bit innovative and a little bit fun in your marketing and what you've created, you just created a culture and community where it is like people go to your events and it's uplifting. You're smiling 24 seven. You're feeling great. We have a, a mutual friend who introduced us, Marcus Collius. Shout out to him. He was on episode 55 and um, he said such high praises about your event. I know the guy's been to tons of events and he was like, it was one of the best events I've ever been to. 
So what separates your retreats different than everybody else? How much fun are you having with them? And what are you really creating as an experience for the people? Yeah. So I think, you know, when you use the word fitness and retreat together, I think a lot of people can be intimidated by that, like you had said. And the thing is, as mentors, it's important for us to walk the walk as we talk the talk. So us being in tip top shape on many pillars in our lives, whether that be success financially, uh, health wise, our faith, the different pillars that matter to us, we have to have that so that we can pour back in. And Marcus did an amazing job as well did uh, some of the other mentors that were there in place in doing that. We get all walks of life, man. I mean, we had people in their 20s and then up into their 70s, Um, people that were not into fitness, but but were just embracing because they were there going, you know what, I need to take on a new transformation in my life. And I've done really amazing in business and I've become a multimillionaire in business, but uh, the health side is not being good or marriages that are going through struggle and and come in and we can we can help pour into them as well and and look at some different stuff or or getting someone's faith back on point. What we do within the retreats that I think is so powerful and so different is we're extremely bold in every aspect. We're not shying away from anything that is breaking someone down and building them back up. Um, and everybody's walk is a little bit different in where they're at. But man, coming out of that retreat, we saw just ugh, just marriages, you know, reunited, people opening new businesses. And I, I mean, it was so powerful for a four day, you know, four night retreat type of situation to see the power that's happening through that. And Steve, to go back, this is a perfect segment to go back. So five weeks before I end up tearing my calf, okay? Or 21 days, I'm sorry. Five days before or five weeks before the retreat happened, one of our business partners, Travis, died. And and we were left. He was one of our very, very best friends. I mean, I'm getting emotional now. I'm, it's going to be hard not to like get emotional on camera. He was, you think my energy or Marcus's energy was high? This dude was unicorn level. Like it was unbelievable. I'd never met someone like him. One of my very best friends. And and he unfortunately passed away. Um, and, and, and his wife, who's our other partner, and then they have twin 11-year-olds. We had five weeks to prep for this retreat and get it completely done. And he was a big part of that. A lot of those people that were coming loved Trav. And man, we had to do that Buffalo. We had to go through that storm. So like, and we went through it, man, and psychologically, emotionally, physically, it was so difficult because every day we're still trying to grieve this man um, and the friendship and and what we would lose in him, but but it made the retreat even that much more powerful. And it it was it was it was amazing in that sense. But man, what a, what a heartbreaking, uncontrollable, tragic situation that happened. Oh, my condolences to you, dude. I couldn't imagine having to uh, produce and do that. And and our sincere heart goes out to you. I can't imagine. Oh, thank you, man. What you what you had to go through with that. Um, <laughs> Very, very hard to just follow that up now. I'm like, oh, dude, that's my heart is just like sitting with that for a second. Cause that is. Well, you do. The best podcasts in the world hit every single emotion. And that's what you're going to get with me all the time, brother. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Um, I was going to ask you briefly just so you had a great retreat, but now you're actually talking about doing a full live event. You're talking about, you know, 
blowing this thing up and really making it a lot more fun and more people and, and more energy. So tell us a little bit about the live event that you're going to be running here in the new year. Yeah. So uh, uh, September, we have our next retreat, which is an adventure retreat. We're going to Asheville. We're going to do whitewater rafting and all sorts of crazy stuff that's more outdoor based. And then in January, January 26th through the 28th, we are doing um, Lean In Level Up Conference. And so we got different masterminds that are going to be coming in and speaking, uh, big speakers and then breakout speakers as well. Uh, Marcus will be there and his brother, Darren, who's also fantastic. And we're working on some other big names. I'll be speaking and actually sharing my, you know, I, I told you guys the first 18 years of my life was rough. Very few people know that story. And so I'll be sharing my story and sharing my book for the first time during that time. Uh, Britt, who lost Travis, uh, our good friend, um, she's sharing her story. My wife has a, a really good. So we have some really powerful speakers. We have a lot of really cool stuff lined up for that conference in Tampa. Um, and then uh, we're gonna do some VIP stuff. So we're gonna obviously bring in some fitness aspect and the VIPers get to go do a, a custom workout with us on that Sunday. So uh, at, a, at a really cool gym that me and Travis was one of the last gyms me and him trained at wow. um, when we were in Tampa. So yeah, there's some sentimental there as well. And, and, uh, and then, you know, good food and good people and relationships. So. Well, you can ask for it. It sounds like a wicked. Uh, a wicked weekend yeah yeah it should be fun you know i like like you like what you guys do with this podcast you you guys are sharing and and trying to lift people up we're doing the exact same thing we want to we want to give back we want to pour ourselves into we've been successful in in many aspects of our life but like there's people out there that like are willing to be disciplined and work hard and you know they just need that nudge they need that little bit of fire or that you know go get it type of attitude Mm -hmm. and uh but just don't know how to how to do it and how to start and 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 that's what we can kind of give them well you're clearly an action taker and you mentioned you like to give back that's why you're here mm -hmm. uh you and your wife sponsor a school in haiti can you tell us about how that came about Ooh. okay um <laughs> we're riding that roller coaster up and down this is, where I get, this is where i get emotional dude <laughs> um my my wife is an absolutely wonderful woman um and she was going on mission trips in Haiti. Her father and 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 uh, and mother-in-law um, were going as well. And I I just, in all honesty, I just didn't want I didn't want to go to Haiti. I was like, dude, it's dangerous. I got to run a business back here and whatnot. So my heart initially was not completely connected to it the same way she was. She comes back one trip and she goes. Mike, I want, I want you to know that, uh, you know, I ended up getting like 10 kids, you know, and we're going to sponsor 10 kids uh, a year or a, a month. And I said, I said, okay, that's awesome. You know, and, and tell me a little bit more about this. And, you know, the kids would send little letters and, and whatnot. And so it's really sweet. Um, I still wasn't fully connected, but I'm all in at that point, you know, of, of being down for, for giving back in this way. She goes the next year and she's being called and that we're supposed to have our entire school it's going to be a hitch fit funded school and i remember she said they were taking pictures of the kids because they do this to you know and it, it's a very hands-on small organization so we know the money that is going in is 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 accurately funded properly and she goes i couldn't say no to any of them <laughs> and and i looked over at her i like d i'm gonna have to like work a lot more like this is a lot of we don't have any kids of our own but like you know that's 83 kids you know monthly and and so how we tied that in 
is we looked at what we were making from the gyms and and then we said, you know, at least 10% of all revenues coming from the gyms every single month will go to Haiti no matter what. That's through COVID, that's through the hard times, that's through when they closed our gyms down, like it didn't matter, the oil never ran dry and and since that point have have done that. Now here is where it gets a little bit uh a little bit emotional for me. Um the giving side of it has always been something that meant and tugged on my heart a lot, even though I wasn't connected to Haiti quite yet. I was someone that didn't have a lot growing up. And so I understood like the people that came into my life when I was younger and just gave. And I didn't understand that. I was like, why would a stranger just give? And it, and it hasn't been until I've been an adult to fully understand that giving is what truly breeds joy. And, and so we've kind of gotten addicted to just giving in a lot of different aspects of our lives because selfishly it gives us a lot of joy too. And, and we, we, we can help these, you know, the, these kids in Haiti with food and school and, and a potential opportunity. Whereas in America, most kids go to school. Um, we have issues in America for sure, but in Haiti, man, like if you don't go to school, there is no opportunity no opportunity at all. It's, it's a, it's a completely different world there. And, and so my heart's very connected to that. And I don't know if Marcus shared with you guys the story, but that ended up segueting into him being a part of that organization as well. That was, that was going to be one of my questions. I was just going to ask you is like, it's obviously one of the coolest things in the world to go do this, but then to bring one of your really close friends in to Mm. join you in the mission, like how much did that change for you and how much more fun did it get? Oh, so I remember the phone call when, when, when Marcus called and we've been a partner of, of, of his company Magnum for quite a long time. And he said, you know, man, I'm being called to give more. And, and I was like, okay, what's going on? And he goes, when I thought about giving, I thought about you and Diana. And I said, okay. And he goes, what do you do in Haiti? And we, I told him about this school and he goes, I want to match it. And I was like, what, you know, like, I'm like, dude, I mean, that's freaking awesome, you know? And, 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 and I, I believe that's what he did, you know, with mission E4 is, is the organization, smaller organization. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, he, he has his group of children as well. And then Magnum took it a, 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 a step further, which was really awesome. So, um, we get a certain kickback for people who buy supplements through us, through Magnum, what not as a partner. Um, the net profits that Magnum would make off of all of those sales from us goes directly to Haiti too. And so like, I mean, just giving upon giving upon giving and that, you know, that's, that's that pay it forward that, Hey, we weren't out there pressing or even marketing for people to go and open their hearts to that. I think giving is something that you need to be called to do. And, and Marcus just saw what we were doing that was the first thing that came to his head and said, this is what I want to do. So that is such a cool story. And I love like the ripple effect that happens through that. And, um, you mentioned that like you didn't, you were raised with not a lot either was, was the giving mentality like taught to you then from your parents, or is that a muscle that you had to like be disciplined on as you you grew up? Well, so it was just me and my mom, um, growing up and, and we moved around so much. So, so what I saw, it was kind of, it was kind of a two tier thing. Um, 
I saw individuals come into our lives and organizations as well, um, uh, kind of a harvesters type of deal or a food pantry type of deal when we were going through struggles where even getting food on the table was difficult, um, come in and help to make sure that there was never a, a day that we didn't, that went by that we didn't have food to eat. Um, and, and then, you know, the other thing that was taught is my mom, my mom was a big faith foundation person. Um, and, and so I learned that aspect. And so, you know, a couple of the different churches that we went through growing up, um, I saw a lot of love in those churches and giving back in a way, and, and they helped us as well. You know, it's so, so important. We have no idea the impact that we make on someone's lives. And we also don't know what they're going through at that point. But if you're feeling called to give back, man, sometimes it's a smile, a hello or whatnot that opens that door. And and sometimes it's not always money either. We're talking money or whatnot, but it's like just giving of your time, you know, and, and I just, I encourage people that are watching this to just, to just give back if you can, you know? So a lot of that was cemented through those two tiers. It's, that's one thing um, Tim's story says a lot of is I grew up lower income, but not lower class. And I, didn't, I just love that because that's so many people can relate to that, that, hey, we didn't have money, but my parents taught me how to hold the door open and carry the groceries out and just be the good human that you're supposed to be. And in return has turned out pretty good that I've loved to give back in nature because that's all I know. They didn't yeah. need money to give back. They just taught me good human principles. And now I've grown into that. So that's amazing. Um, I wanted to just quickly touch on one last thing here um, before we start transitioning. But um, you mentioned that you know when D came back and said, "Hey, I just we just adopted eighty kids. Now we really got to make some of this work." And you had that moment of like, "Oh, we we got to make sure this business is pumping." Then was yeah. there was there a little bit of a correlation there where all of a sudden, as you added some more giving to the business, you kind of got like a new excitement for the business or a new reason to drive some new revenue or gave you some new inspiration to to pump the business versus just growing it to make more money? Well, I think your purpose just got a lot of big, bigger instantly uh, for us. And so the business itself was a very purpose-driven business. It, I really did not set it up for a financial situation. I really thought, you know, if we help enough people, the finances will be there. And still to this day, foundationally, we have run it the exact same way. You know, yes, we become more successful. There's more money there, but like we still put the person first and in transforming their lives. And so when she came back and was like, Hey, you know, uh, we got 80 plus kids that we're now going to sponsor. And, you know, she's crying and I'm like <laughs> looking at her crying. And I, I, I would imagine, and we don't have kids of our own, but I would imagine it would be like that wife going, Hey, I just want you to know, we have uh, uh triplets that are about to happen. Like your <laughs> yeah. purpose just got a lot bigger. Right. And I'm looking at the finances because I do all the discipline on the financial side when it comes to a lot of the business stuff. And I was like, okay. I said, and I remember my response. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to have to work a little bit more, but that's, that's okay. You know? And, and then as the years went by and we went through storms and struggle, like leaning on our faith was really gigantic because there was months that were really hard on, on, on stuff. And, you know, it's really easy to like kind of start cutting back on some things that, that uh, some people may not look as necessity, but giving back it was always a top priority. So, okay, you've uh, you've given us so many great stories and so much wisdom here so far. Um, but I think there's there's a little bit more in you, especially on the giving side. I see this like pop 
when yeah. uh, when that stuff comes up. So can you share with us one of your favorite moments of giving that when you think back onto it gives you goosebumps or it still kind of pulls at the heartstrings? Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and it goes back to Haiti. We, we've been a part of a lot of different organizations too. We were a part of Boys and Girls Club. We were a part of Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And then, um, you know, trying to abolish sex trafficking, we were part of a group called uh, Women at Risk there as well. Um, but the moment that hit me the hardest, we were at we were at a concert one night, um, a Christian concert, uh, Carrie Joe, and I was. It was like very clear that I was supposed to go see my kids in Haiti. Um, and and if you don't know a lot about Haiti, Haiti's not the safest place in the world. It's just not. Um, and there's a lot of corruption there. There's a lot of poverty. There's, you know, it, it's not the safest place, but, um, we knew we had, um, the ability to go there and, and her and I in a smaller group and, uh, and be able to see our kids. And so to be able to see my kids for the first time, and I'll share with you guys that video, cause I got, I got everything on video as well. I mean, it was, uh, it was one of outside of marrying my wife it was like the most important part of my entire life uh they were singing to us the whole school they were jumping all over flexing with me hold and 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 what was so wild and what was so humbling for me was like these kids had nothing yet showed so much happiness and so much joy and, and people that have gone and done mission trips or gone to third world countries and help like that, they can attest to this. Like it changes you to the core, you know, like as much difficulty as I went through when I was a kid with not having a lot, like it's, we had a ton comparative, you know, and, and they understood even as little as some of the kids were that these two people were giving them the opportunity to one day be able to feed their families. They understood that. And, and then how much they just lean on their faith. It was, it was, it was the most amazing experience of my life outside of my wife. Ah, I love those stories. And it's so, there isn't a person that's gone and, and served in a third world country of sorts and seen some poverty that comes back and, and doesn't feel touched. Steve and I have spent a lot of time in our friends' orphanages in Mexico and things like that. And it's, it's just changes the whole side of you. It really does. So it does. What a, what a powerful story. Um, perfect segue for us to jump into what we call our giving round. Just some rapid fire questions. Sure. Quick answers from you. And uh, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Amazing. Uh, brag on one charity that you like that isn't the E4 charity that you're uh, working with. Uh, Boys and Girls Club. Love Boys and Girls Club. We were a part of we were a part of that board uh, for, a, for a short period of time. And what I love about that organization is a majority of the adults in that organization were once children in that organization. Mm -hmm. So their whole heart and passion is giving back within that organization. Absolutely love it. Me too. Yeah. What would get you more excited? Donating a $1 million check or spending a week physically helping others? Uh, physically helping others. For sure. Um, being in it and, and, and seeing the smiles on those kids' faces, uh, absolutely fantastic. I understand the importance of the financial for them to have food and stability and whatnot, but I think just selfishly being a part of it, seeing how they're living, uh, seeing the joy, even though we didn't understand each other's languages, 
um, and and just uh, the unity that we had when we were together that was that was really powerful for me. Very special. Uh, who inspires you with their giving? Oh, probably my my wife. So I'm a giving person. My wife is very much a giving person in in a lot of different ways. I mean, she she's the one who gets me into a lot of the giving a lot of the times. You know, I I I talked about my discipline and structure and whatnot. And so I stay in these days where I'm like, go, 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 go. And I'll tell you what, like, you know, she is she's on fire for giving, you know, her faith and giving back, whether that be to church, to individuals, to different organizations. So definitely my wife. Nice. Beautiful. Do you think that entrepreneurs should include a giving component in their business from day one or wait until they've seen a little bit of success? It depends on what you believe when it comes to faith, because from a faith standpoint, you give even when you don't know if you're going to have. And um, a lot of business owners, I think, would, you know, that that are more disciplined business owners are going to focus more on well, I'll start giving once I know the money is coming in, um, where if you're kind of more of a faith-driven person, you give even in the oh, heaviest of storms. And so for, for me, um, I would, I would, I, I don't want to press faith on someone, but I love that aspect more because when you give, it gives you the opportunity, I think, to, um, to make more relationships to, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's a simple, you give and you get, you get in return, like whether that be joy or happiness into your life or, 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 or individuals that are like, dude, I see what you're doing and I want to do the same thing. And how can I help you? And I mean, there's been so many situations over our lives as we gave that other doors open because of it, even when we didn't have a lot. So I, I would, I would definitely lean more towards that side. Beautiful. Uh, in your own words, describe how you would share go big to get big. Oh man. Well, I, I love social media marketing, so I'm going to post, you know, what it is you guys do everywhere, but in my words, describing what it is that not only you guys are doing, but what you guys, um, you know, have put out there in my opinion, like to go big is the one thing that means you're you're going to go through the storms. You're 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 gonna you're gonna get as disciplined as you can and and go as big as whatever big and success means to you. Okay, and then through that, all those opportunities, whether it be relationships, whether it be financial, then in every situation that you have, you're giving either of yourself or from a financial standpoint. And I know you guys do a lot of that. And, and I have a lot of my circle is the exact same way. Um, but that can be really scary for some people too, because they're just like, oh, you know, I, I, I got to make sure enough money is there or enough time or whatnot. And what I would just tell people is like, when you, when you, when you go big, go all in, all in, jump in the deep end and go all in. And when you give, do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, in one word, describe the feeling you get when you give that's not joy. Like absolute euphoria goosebumps, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm a very faith driven person. So I feel like the Holy Spirit coming through me of like, you know, in tears. I mean, it's like 
like we cry for different reasons, like in sadness or whatnot. And it's like those happy tears that are just like the greatest feeling in the world, you know, of, of like, I worked hard, got to where I am and now I'm giving someone else an opportunity. And that is powerful. I know that's way more than one word, but <laughs> it's hard to describe it in one word without actually describing it, you know? Um, and, and, and I, and I describe it the way I do because I want more people to experience that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, uh, we got one last question for you here, Micah. Um, the age old question, you've probably heard it before, but do you believe that money can buy you happiness? Temporary happiness, maybe. Um, but happiness is like a roller coaster, dude. Like what you have to build is foundational joy. We've talked about joy a lot on this, but joy and happiness to me are two very different things. Joy is much more foundational. Happiness is up and down. If we were to get a call in 10 minutes that our business is on fire, like my happiness level is very low, but my joy level is still foundationally solid. Can money itself get me happiness? I mean, I like having more money so that we can go and see beautiful things and give back. So there's, there's partial happiness there, but man, I would just encourage people to do everything you can to build as much joy and give back as humanly possible. Man, that's a beautiful answer. I love that. And, uh, dude, I just want to thank you so much for, for coming on and blessing us with like your presence today and everything you share. It's been such a phenomenal episode and there's so many, so many takeaways. I'm going to listen to this one a few times because there's so much gold inside of it, but I want to give you a second now to just brag on yourself. How can people get in touch with you? How can they find out more about you? If they want to get more involved in your guys's journey in your life, how can they, how can they find you? Yeah. Rock body retreat is one of our business.com. And then uh hitchfit.com is our other business where we help people transform their lives and bodies. Um, if you want bigger calves, Mr. Hitchfit, but I communicate with people on all different levels. I, I got to throw that in just cause it's funny. Uh, I still laugh about it too. And like people be like, dude, are you the calf guy? And I'm like laughing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this actually blew up. Um, and so, yeah, those are, those are the places there. Um, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn and all of that too, through our names. Um, but yeah, I, I just encourage anybody that has any questions or, or whatnot. I, I spend all day trying to help people. And so I, I don't mind the emails. That's amazing, man. That's something we didn't even get to in the whole interview was talking about the transformations and how powerful they are for you guys. And I just know that when you go to your guys' social medias, it is the presence of everything. It's all about the transformation and the support of all of your community. So I just want to commend you for that. It's very transparent as soon as you go to your pages that you truly care a lot about your clients. So um, thank you so much for coming in, man, and inspiring us to go bigger with our dreams and goals so that we can give big with our profits. And just again, grateful to have you here. Thank you, brother. Hey, and can we finish this thing the same way I finish all podcasts and everything else? Yeah. Fellas, what do you do? Flex and, Flex and smile. <laughs> Flex and smile, fellas. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, Micah, and God bless, my friend. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of Go Big to Get Big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can, and it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, Take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. 
And until the next episode, remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit. <laughs>